Welcome to the Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast, brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Trucking Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Trucking, Avery Weiss. As Avery presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading the PDF or PowerPoint of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF and PowerPoint is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads for the Trucking Market Update, as well as the weekly rail market update with Todd Tronowski and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast. Welcome to FTR's weekly trucking market update. I'm Avery Weiss, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 199 for the week of February 6, 2023. Before we start, a reminder that you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. Okay, let's start by discussing diesel prices. The national average price of diesel fell 8.3 cents to $5.53.9 a gallon during the week ended February 6th. Now that decrease is just slightly larger than the gain two weeks earlier, and that leaves the net change in diesel prices over the past three weeks at one and a half cents. And if we look at the six weeks that ended in 2023, including the week ended uh, January 2nd, the net change has been essentially zero. So we're definitely at least through the first six weeks of the year, seeing more stability than we've been accustomed to since, well, frankly, since the summer of 2021. But it is only six weeks, so it's far too early to declare that the big swings in diesel prices are over. Prices were down in all regions, but the biggest decreases were in the Gulf Coast, Lower Atlantic, and Midwest, all of which saw a drop of around 10 cents, Prices in the Rocky Mountain region were essentially unchanged, though technically down, and prices in New England were down just over a cent. Now, while neither trend is particularly significant, two important underlying factors are signaling both possible increases and possible decreases. In the latest trading, West Texas Intermediate has slipped below $75 a barrel. On the other hand, production of ultra-low sulfur distillate the base stock for on-highway diesel, uh, barely changed in the latest week and sits at the lowest level since April, aside for the December holiday period. Okay, let's move on and talk about the spot market for truck freight during the week ended February 3rd, which is week five of the year. Spot rates in the truck stop system posted their first overall increase of the year during the week as markets continue to move largely according to seasonal expectations. Broker-posted rates were up in all segments, although the gains in drive-in and refrigerated were small. On the other hand, flatbed saw its largest rate increase since the week before Christmas. Total market load activity also rose, posting its largest gain since the first week of the year, which, of course, is a little bit of a uh, distortion because the last week of the year is very low in terms of, of volume. Okay, let's dig a little deeper. We'll start with rates. Total broker posted spot rate uh, increased nearly four cents. The first rate increase of each year uh, typically occurs during uh, week five or six, so rates are moving in sync with seasonality. 
Rates continue to track basically at 19% below the same week last year, and they were about 6% above the five-year average. FDR estimates the rates excluding a fuel surcharge were almost 28% below the same 2022 week. Dry van rates ticked up more than a cent. As was the case in the prior week, rates are about 28% below the same week last year and about a percent below the five-year average. Excluding surcharge rates were about 39% lower than they were this time last year. Refrigerated spot rates increased about two cents. They were about 30% below the same 2022 week and 1% below the five-year average for the week. Excluding fuel surcharges, rates were about 39% below the same week last year. And flatbed rates rose more than five cents. Rates in the latest week were only about four cents lower than they were before the holidays. Rates were almost 14% below the same 2022 week, but about 10% above the five-year average for the week. Excluding a surcharge, rates were more than 21% below the same week last year. Okay, let's look at volume. Total spot volume in the market rose more than 5%, which is the largest week-over-week increase since week one's uh, 27.3% rebound from the holiday period softness, as I mentioned earlier. Volume was about 55% below the same week last year and about 16% below the five-year average. The latest week was the first during 2023 that the comparison with the five-year average has strengthened week over week. Total load activity was up in all regions um, except for the southeast, but that region's decline was actually only two-tenths of a percent. Okay, let's look at loads by segment. Dry van loads increased more than 6%. Volume was almost 57% below the same week last year and about 12% below the five-year average for the week. Load activity was up in all regions except the northeast and west coast. Refrigerated loads rose uh, nearly 21% for the first increase this year. Volume was nearly 60% below the same week last year and nearly 17% below the five-year average for the week. Load activity rose in all regions. And flatbed loads ticked up four-tenths of a percent, but they were at the highest level since August. Volume was almost 57% below the same week last year and more than 25% below the five-year average. Load activity was down in the southeast and south central, but it was up in all other regions. Okay, let's wrap up the weekly data with a quick look at unemployment benefits and mortgage rates. The unemployment benefits situation changed little in the latest week. First-time claims for benefits declined by 3,000, seasonally adjusted to 183,000. Initial claims have fallen in four of the past five weeks, and the other weeks saw no change. Continued claims for benefits fell by 11,000 to 1.66 million, which was the level two weeks earlier. Okay, mortgage rates, they seem to be stabilizing. The average rate on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage eased to 6.09% in the latest week from 6.13% previously. Rates are down nearly a full point since November. Freddie Mac said that its research indicates that a percentage point reduction in rates can allow for as many as 3 million more mortgage-ready consumers to qualify for and to afford a $400,000 loan, which is basically the median home price. 
Okay, so most of the podcast is about the labor market. So let's talk about the one indicator that isn't and get that out of the way. The Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing Index fell in January uh, by a point to 47.4. That is well below the 50 threshold between expansion and contraction, and it's the lowest reading since May of 2020. The new orders component fell 2.6 points to 42.5. That's quite a low number. And production eased to 48, which is below the 50 threshold, but it is certainly stronger than what we see in new orders. In fact, the only ISM index components in expansion territory in January were employment and inventories, and both of those were just marginally above that 50 threshold. So manufacturing is not in a strong position. Okay, let's start our discussion of the labor market with the situation with job openings in December. Unfilled job positions at the end of December totaled just over 11 million seasonally adjusted. That's a 5.5% increase over November, and it's the highest level of job openings since July. December's month-over-month gain was the largest since July of 2021. The biggest gains in job opening were in accommodation and food services, retail trade, and construction. Openings in December were about 57% higher uh, than they were in February of 2020. Meanwhile, job quits eased four-tenths of a percent. They are nearly 19% above February 2020. Okay, let's talk about jobs in January. Payroll employment looked far stronger in January than it had previously. First, the economy added 517,000 jobs seasonally adjusted. That is the strongest month-over-month gain since July. Uh, Another interesting point is that the unemployment rate edged down to 3.4%. The rate has not been so low since May of of 1969. It hasn't been lower than 3.4% since October of 1953. Also, the labor participation rate improved. It ticked up to 62.4%. Now, that 517,000 job gain I talked about was on top of an upward revision of the initial December estimates by 813,000. And that is due to a Bureau of Labor Statistics annual data revision. That's called an annual uh, benchmark revision that incorporates more comprehensive data than the monthly establishment survey does. The updated data generally shows stronger employment levels for the economy than previously indicated starting in June of 2021. On a seasonally adjusted basis, payroll employment is now 2.7 million jobs, or 1.8% above February 2020. That is roughly double the recovery that we thought we had seen based on the initial December estimates. Now, it is worth noting that payroll employment fell by 2.5 million on a not seasonally adjusted basis. Now, the sharp increase in seasonally adjusted level simply means that the economy shed far fewer jobs than would be expected for a January. The unadjusted drop in payroll jobs was the smallest for a January since 1995, which is pretty impressive when you consider that total employment then was roughly 38 million lower than it is today. Now, almost all sectors of the economy saw seasonally adjusted job growth in January, 
but sectors hit hardest by the pandemic continue to see the largest gains. Leisure and hospitality added 128,000 jobs, and private education and health services added 105,000. In fact, the only major sector to lose any jobs was information. Uh, That category includes um, many of the large tech firms that have announced layoffs recently. Now, manufacturing added 19,000 jobs, even though there was an 8,400 job drop in transportation equipment. Uh, The largest offsetting gain was in food manufacturing, and that was followed by non-metallic minerals and fabricated metals. The January Employment Situation Report incorporated some other notable changes aside from the annual benchmark revision. BLS also updated seasonal adjustment factors and population estimates, the latter of which affects data in the so-called household survey, um, and that includes the, the data that populates the unemployment rate, and the labor participation rate. BLS also changed the format of the uh, reported data itself. Now, many changes really just simply replace outdated descriptions for industries. For example, the old uh, category of broadcasting except internet is now broadcasting and content providers. But there are some changes that reflect some fundamental Uh, shifts in the economy over time. Now, perhaps most notable in this regard were changes in retail trade. Now, previously, the Bureau of Labor Statistics tracked data separately for categories of stores, and they lumped all non-store retail into a single category called non-store retailers. Now, the new format basically eliminates the category of non-store retailers and miscellaneous store retailers, and reassigns those workers to other categories based not on where or how the goods were sold, but what type of goods were sold. In so doing, the term retailers has basically replaced the word stores in, in all cases. So we now have general merchandise retailers, food and beverage retailers, and not stores. Okay, let's get to uh, probably what's most important to this audience, and that is what happened with freight transportation employment. Now, there wasn't much of a change in parcel and local delivery, or what the government calls couriers and messengers. In the latest uh, data, uh, this is after the adjustment, the payroll jobs uh, numbers fell by nearly 12,000 in January after falling by uh, more than 12,000 in December. However, the benchmark revision resulted in December being nearly 21,000 jobs higher than we thought. So in reality, the overall picture uh, for uh, parcel and local delivery is really not all that different. Now, that's definitely not what we see with warehousing and storage. Although the updated data shows not much change in either December or January month over month, the benchmark revision on which those changes are based was enormous. In fact, it increased the estimate of jobs for warehousing and storage in December by a whopping 212,000, which is a a gain of more than uh, 2%. The changes in trucking were minuscule by comparison, but we do see that the for hire trucking industry's payroll employment situation looked stronger in January due to both the benchmark revision and month-over-month growth 
in the revised data. Uh, trucking added 4,100 jobs seasonally adjusted in January, on top of an upward revision of the initial December estimate by 9,100 jobs. Payroll employment in trucking is now 95,100 jobs, or 6.3% higher than in February of 2020. The benchmark revision for trucking generally shows very slightly stronger employment levels than previously indicated starting in um, September 2021. Now, I've said this before, and I will say it again, but it bears noting that the BLS data on trucking, or actually all of the BLS data, uh, applies only to um, employer firms and only covers those workers who are under the unemployment insurance program. So that means that there are, are you know, several hundred thousand workers in trucking that are essentially not captured by this. And that includes a lot of the one, two truck operations with their own authority um, that have seen big swings over the last three years. Um, so, you know, that requires more analysis, but we can't just look at payroll employment and say, okay, we're at a record level of drivers. Um, in fact, we probably are at a record level of drivers, but you can't uh, ascertain that just by looking at payroll employment. Okay, let's wrap up this week's podcast by recapping some of the key takeaways for the week. Diesel prices fell more than eight cents in the latest week. Spot rates and volume moved higher. Unemployment benefit claims and mortgage rates both changed little. The ISM Manufacturing Index sunk further into contraction territory. Job openings rose sharply in December. The U.S. added 517,000 payroll jobs on top of a sharp upward revision in the prior data. The unemployment rate fell to 3.4%, matching a rate not seen since May 1969. Parcel and local delivery, and especially warehousing and storage, saw upward revisions of prior employment data. And trucking added 4,100 payroll jobs in January after a fairly modest upward revision in prior data. Next week, we'll discuss data on consumer inflation, wholesale trade and sale, wholesale trade sales and inventories, business formation, diesel prices, and the spot market for truck freight. Plus, if I can convince them to do so, on the occasion of our 200th episode, um, I hope to talk with uh, my boss, FTR uh, Chief Executive Officer and Chief Intelligence Officer Jonathan Starks, about the state of the truck market and how things have changed in the roughly four years since we launched this podcast. That's it for FTR's Trucking Market Update, episode 199 for the week of February 6, 2023. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we hope you will join us next week for the 200th episode of our podcast. That's it for this week's Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF and PowerPoint of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. 
For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.